The other day, I attended a volunteer event and I saw a fellow volunteer that I hadn't seen in a couple of weeks. She had to attend to caretaking her grandchildren. And I looked at her and I said, Hey, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. You sure were missed. And she responded, Gruffly, probably not. Have you ever responded that way? If so, that may be linked to a trauma response. In this episode, we're going to be talking about common trauma signs and symptoms. Even if you don't feel as if you are going through something difficult or horrific at this present time, your body knows, your soul knows, and it reverberates in the words that you use and the actions that you do with others. And we're going to be talking about all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are here with me. I know I didn't introduce myself. I'm changing my format. But anyway, my name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. And I use science as well as psychology to unpack and reveal to you how your words are positively or negatively impacting the world around you. And I'm so excited that you're here. If this is your very first time listening, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it promptly. And those of you guys who have been listening to this episode or many other episodes, thank you so much. I just greatly appreciate that you share this podcast with other people. Write a review if you've been loving specific things. That way it signals to me as well as to other people that this is a podcast that is worth listening to. And also, if you haven't done so already, go on and connect with me on X or Twitter. I don't know what it's called. I'll just keep on calling it Twitter. Anyway, connect with me via social media. Or go on to my website, denisegleecom I'm going to leave links in the show notes below so that you can be able to obviously connect with me, read my articles, listen to other podcast episodes, and anything else that may be of interest to you, obviously including working with me if that's something that you desire. And by the way, I primarily work with entrepreneurs at this time. I'm sorry I don't work with the general public, but... There are definitely lots of great life coaches that work with other populations, but I just specifically work with business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs. Anyway, that being said, I want to get into this conversation that I kind of teased in our intro about trauma-based symptoms. This is definitely something that was very elusive to me in the beginning, even in my own healing journey. I didn't realize how I was on an unconscious level signaling out to people that there was a lot of unresolved emotional issues. And I know that these types of topics are very sensitive and it may be very triggering. And I want you to understand that you are in a safe place and you're not being judged. And I'm not trying to criticize, condemn, or judge you. This is just about me relaying some information that I wish I knew earlier so that you can be able if you recognize any of these symptoms that I have to share with you as, hey, this is something that you may pay attention to. And by the way, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed clinical social worker. None of that. I'm just someone who's learned some things. And I just want to let you know that if this is something that's giving you a lot of problems, any of the symptoms, it's keeping you up at night, it's disrupting your ability to relate with yourself and others in a healthy and positive way, I really encourage you to seek professional help, mental health treatment, because even as a life coach that has spent a lot of years understanding how the 
the human psyche works, the mind. I'm not a, a therapist. I'm not a medical doctor. For some of you guys who may be listening, it may be linked to hormonal imbalances, and that's way beyond my pay grade. And I want to make sure that you get the support that you need if that's the place where you're at right now, because I can only do but so much, and I want to make sure that you're fully supported. Well, that being said, I want to just kind of get into the subject and I'm going to divide it in three main parts. I'm going to talk about the origins of childhood trauma. I want to talk about the signs of emotional trauma. And then lastly, I like to share with you some stories about what it looks like. Because for some of us, we we have heard people throw out the words, oh, you've been traumatized or this was hard. But what does that really look like? I really want to give you some really concrete examples because uh, it was very elusive to me in the beginning of my healing and recovery journey, okay? First of all, emotional trauma is also known as psychological trauma, and it's a response to something overwhelming or a series of events that can have a long-lasting impact on one's emotional well-being. And I'm not talking specifically about the, the low-hanging fruit of war or being in an act of involved indirectly or directly in an act of violence, for example, have you watched people getting bullied, your family members, or you watched a lot of verbal abuse? That's a form of trauma to be exposed to. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the these subtle types of traumatic events in this origin, and that's we're going to kind of dig more into that. And trauma can vary from person to person, and they might not be immediately apparent. And I want to just sit here and say something really emphatic. Just because someone doesn't understand that you were traumatized or you didn't feel uncomfortable, bewildered, afraid, and alone does not invalidate your experience. And the other thing that I just want to say is that you cannot live a life in this world trauma-free. There are so many things that unnerve us, upset us, bewilder us, throw us off our off balance from losing a job or getting into a school with people who were extremely demanding or condemning or criticizing or going into a new environment that you're not quite familiar with. Those are some of many examples of trauma. So we don't want to sit here and try to downplay your trauma and say, well, you grew up in a good home and your parents gave you all you wanted and everything on the surface seemed well because you were provided for materially or emotionally. That may be the case, but you're you're human and as a human being you're susceptible to stressors internal and external and even if you weren't able to articulate those words because it wasn't being communicated around you I want to give you the power back into your hands and say hey yeah that might have been traumatic for you and obviously if you're a client of mine we can dig in deeper and understand your life script and understand exactly what had happened that would induce the traumatic experience. Oh, by the way, when I say your life script, Eric, Dr. Eric Byrne, he was Im impacted by Carl Jung, the famous psychiatrist, uh, psychoanalyst. He created this branch of psychology called transactional analysis. And within transactional analysis, he took Sigmund Freud, it turned into a child, superego, turned into the parent and then the ego into the adult. And basically all of us have three little people living inside of us. And based on the experiences that we've ex I've learned from other people, our ego states relate in one or many different types of ways. Have you ever imagined, I shouldn't say have you imagined, think about a situation where 
you really wanted to eat food that was that you thought was bad for you. And there's a, you hear these internal battle that's going on in your mind where your your little kid says, "Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give I want it." And then your parent inside of you says, I don't think it's a good idea. We are on a diet. And then there's the adult part of you who said, hey, I know we're on diet, but we've been really watching our weight. And then you make the decision to eat the food or not eat the food. That's what I'm talking about, this idea of transactional analysis, understanding the ego states within yourself and understanding how those messages from your past impact your present and can transform your future. And so if you go to denisegelee.com, there's a little banner about your life script. And then I, I've created like a 15-minute quiz where you can understand your life script so that you can be able to gain back that power that you felt might have been robbed from you. But anyway, let's get back to the, the main subject. And we're kind of talking about this idea of the origin of childhood trauma and why you may not have even be able to identify it. Trauma, as I said earlier, always links back to some incident. And for most of us, it links to back to how our parents treated us. Think about it. Our parents were role models that taught us about how to respond when we feel happy or sad or angry or frustrated. I mean, those goes on and on. And during that training experience, we might have been learned to either embrace, avoid, or deny painful feelings. And that can set us up, set us up to lots of maladaptive behavior. And I say maladaptive because if you grew up in a very painful, dysfunctional family, maybe being angry or bitter or jealous or envious was like status quo. Everybody did it, so it wasn't too far off base from what everyone else was doing. But if we want to relate to other people as an adult, certain these things are mal or bad. And that is no way for us to live and function as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as people who want to make a big difference. And I want to share with, share with you some signs of emotional trauma. Some are, some are going to be obvious. Some are going to be like, whoa, I didn't even know. As you're listening to what I have to say, I want you to write these down and really dial in to say, oh my goodness, I've been going through this for at least 30, 90 90, 100 days <coughs> or more. Listen, no shame, no blame. We're just taking an honest inventory so that you can be able to take that next step, whatever that next step looks for you. Obviously, I'm, I'm available for hire, but that doesn't mean that I'm the right person for each and every scenario. But at, at least have some information so that you're prepared and armed to talk with whoever you feel like is the best person to help you. And with that, let's just get into it. I'm going to go through the whole list, and then I'm going to go through each one in a little bit more in detail, okay? So the first one is flashbacks or intrusive memories, avoidance, emotional numbing, hyperarousal, anxiety and fear, depression, difficulty trusting others, feeling guilty or ashamed, social withdrawal, physical symptoms, changes in self-identity, and difficulty concentrating. And I know that was a huge list. So let's go to dive into all of that. I'm going to give you some examples for each one so that we can put some context around to each of the meanings. The first thing I want to share with you is about this idea of flashbacks or intrusive memories. Now, those of you who don't know me, I am a survivor 
of sexual, physical, verbal abuse. From as long as I can know, from birth until 13 years old, my mother sexually abused me. And a lot of the memories, I can, I honestly can say to this, I, I've uncovered some with my own trauma and healing work, but there's some memories I just don't remember. And sometimes I would have flashes of just feeling scared or maybe I remember one vivid memory where I was holding on to a, 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 the bars in a crib and just crying profusely, not really understanding the context, not understanding what happened. And even if you're a grown person, you can still relive those traumatic memories. You may not have context or understand what happened, but that's a sign that something is deeper that needs to be explored. Avoidance, if you, this is like a, a duh, but when you're around people who are threatening to hurt or harm you, you don't want to be around certain people or places. I remember as far as I, as I could tell before I moved out of the D.C. metro area, Washington, D.C. metro area, for those of you guys who are li uh, listening to this outside of the United States, this that's the nation capital. But anyway, I remember as long as I, I could, I just did not want to go to school. I, I actually, I'm, I graduated high school one year earlier than everybody else because I could not relate to other people because I was feeling so stressed and so anxious. When you're traumatized, you don't want to be around people or places or things that scare you, make you uncomfortable because it might remind you of those earlier traumatic experiences. Okay. Emotional numbing. Let's move on to emotional numbing. When you're feeling emotionally numb or disconnected from others, there's this sense of otherness where you're physically around them but you don't really know how to relate with someone. You're in your own state, you're of your own bubble. And remember when I was telling you in the beginning of our, our time in this conversation about that person that I said, hey, you were missed. And she said, probably not. And her face went sullen. She was numbing herself to feeling anything positive. That's emotional numbing. Okay. Hyperarousal. This is where you're constantly on the edge, easily startled, having difficulty sleeping. You're pacing the night, thinking about all the, re replaying all the things that had gone wrong or you think you should have done carefully in the middle of, uh, pardon me, are the things that you think you should have done better. It's all kind of replayed back in your mind over and over and over. It's kind of like a, a tape that just can't stop, permanently stopped on, put on loop. That's that hyperarousal. I've talked with a lot of clients over the years who have been diagnosed with ADHD, attention, defi attention deficiency, hyper disorder, or formerly known as ADD. And when I think about it, honestly, there's a lot of you guys who say that you're hyper aroused, but sweetheart, you're just traumatized, love, and your mind is literally getting stuck on loop, trying to resolve emotionally things that have happened or things that you can't even wrap your mind around. You can't even understand the context around it. I think that's a trauma-based response. In fact, I really wonder about what that the whole ADD diagnosis is all about. And I want to refer you to a couple of books that's on my mind if you're interested. The first one is, actually both of them by Gabor Matei. And the first one is When the Body Says No. And it explains the stress response to traumatic events Next book I want to share with you is Scattered Minds, also by Gabor Mate, which actually talks about the origins and investigates what is ADD, ADHD. 
And I, after kind of reading through those books, it's made me really question whether or not ADD, ADHD is basically a cop out for saying this person was traumatized and I don't really know how to deal with it. So let's just give them a fancy diagnosis so we can put them on Ritalin and Adderall. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. Too many people are being doped up, drugged up instead of understanding what they're going through. Okay. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is anxiety and fear which should, is obvious, depression, when you're constantly, well, let's think about depression. Depression is literally a depression of feelings that you don't really understand. Guilt, shame, confusion, bitterness, resentment. And, then, and because you feel a sense of hopelessness, you are going to a state of intense, internalized shame and bitterness and instead of being able to communicate it, you just resign yourself to a bizarre form of nihilism where you just figure nothing's possible, nothing's going to happen, everything's going to go to hell anyway, so let's not bother. That's this business of depression that a lot of you guys who have probably been in their low-level line of depression for probably multiple years because not only did the issue from your childhood never got resolved, then on top of it, you have been associating with other depressed people that reinforce a pessimistic negative worldview. This is insidious, guys. And I just want to make sure that you're un completely aware that when you're depressed, you kind of want to hang around depressed people. The next thing I want to talk with you about is difficulty trusting others. I had a very interesting conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day. And they asked me, like, why is my boyfriend always so focused on himself and his issues? And he's always thinking that I'm never helping, never helpful. I'm not supportive to him. And my heart really went out to this particular follower of mine because you love someone, you care about someone, but they are lashing out at you when you're trying your best to help them. You have to understand when you have been betrayed, when you have had your sense of trust just ripped away without any care or concern, you're going to look at everyone as if they are the enemy and they're going to get you. And it's just only a matter of time. And it's almost as if you're in Auschwitz, you're in some war zone and you're wondering if the capo is going to try to rat you or your family out and take you to a concentration camp. Like this is... This is real stuff. And for a lot of us, like we have survived war in terms of emotional stress, financial stress, in some cases, physical, sexual stress, and being violated in a way that you should have never been violated at a tender early age. So yeah, you're not going to want to be best friends with someone who smiles and grins their heads, even if you know that they are, have shown and demonstrated trustworthy skills in your mind. You're always thinking that it's only a matter of time before they come and try to get you, okay? The other idea is feeling guilty and ashamed. For some of us, we don't believe that we deserve anything good because everything that was good was taken away, especially during those moments that you needed to, to get it. And so when you do get something, you don't feel like you deserve it. Social withdrawal. People who have been traumatized, again, like I said earlier, they don't really want to associate with anyone because it's a painful reminder 
of their feelings of lack of insecurity if they see somebody else happy. And I know I didn't like being around happy people because I just feel so damn sad all the time. Now, physical symptoms could be headaches, stomach aches, fatigue, irritable bowel syndrome. I've met so many people with lupus and asthma and all these type of injury, uh, illnesses rather. And when you think about it, genetics aside, it's always linked this origin to trauma, okay? And the, the last three are, are, I shouldn't say the last three, the last couple of things I want to share with you is changes in self-identity. When you're traumatized, you may go from a, a very exuberant, happy, bubbly person to wanting to don all black and, and wishing the world would burn up and die. And it just totally changes how you appear physically. And you may look like someone who is could rival for the hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame. You're, you're hunched back, your shoulders are slooped. You, I remember looking at my photos of me when I was in my early 20s. The stress was so real. I had lift, literally hunched, my shoulders were so tense. One shoulder was lifted up higher than the other. If you go on my website, denisegelia.com, one of my articles, I literally show a copy of, a, a, I have a copy of my driver's license to show you how stressed I was. And the last thing is the about trauma is his ability to not be able to focus, difficulty concentrating. And when you're stressed, when you're going, when you've been in a traumatized situation, your sympathetic nervous system is in high alert. The sympathetic nervous system is our body's natural response to stressors, be either real or imagined. And when your mind is going through this myopic view of danger, 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 danger all the time, it can only focus on survival. And so you can't, do anything good for your job or for your kids or your family because you're always on high alert. And that's insane if we, that's an insane way to live. And we can't grow anything if we're focusing on, oh my goodness, I got to always protect myself because somebody's going to get me. It's only a matter of time before the ball drops. That's no way to live. There's no way to live. And so what I like to do and the and the time that we have remaining is I want to talk with you about some ways for us to obviously deal with uh, emotional trauma. And the first and foremost thing I just want to say, and I mentioned it earlier, is that there is no cut and dry way of doing this. For some of you guys, you might be needing somatic therapy. When I mean somatic is as it relates to the body. So some of you guys literally might need to uh, see a, a trauma specialist that will help you realign your body so that you can be able to calm down your vagus nerve, which will help reduce your uh, reaction to stress when you're feeling scared or afraid or lonely. You don't have to be triggered. For some of you guys, it might be working with someone like me. I'm a cognitive behavioral specialist, meaning that I focus on how you think about things so that you can be able to relate later. And I also work on exposure therapy, which I purposely expose you to things that remind you of the trauma in order to decrease its impotency on your, on your, your world, on how you view your world. For some of you guys, you may be needing to delve more into spiritual work, more breath work, more some people, some of you guys might need to go to a few spiritual retreats to work through the trauma. It, and then, and also, it might be medication. I don't really know. I also recommend EMDR, eye movement rapid desensitization and reprocessing, 
or TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, where they put electrodes on each of your lobe and send electric some signals throughout your body to help literally destimulate an overactive brain that or overactive hypothalamus that helps regulate your nervous system. I don't know what it looks like. Everybody's different. I know a whole lot of issues and a whole lot of scenarios, but only you know you best. The whole purpose of this conversation is to give you some information about how your body relates to stress and what to do if you acknowledge, man, I was really traumatized. I went through some stuff. I lost my home. I had to work three jobs to support my kids. I had to put myself through law school while working two jobs. Like everybody is going through something different, past or present. I'm not going to sit here and say this one size fits all solution, but I will give you some information. I'm hoping that as you're listening and you're thinking about all the symptoms that I mentioned, you're like, oh, wow, I'm really suspicious. I am am very negative. I'm having lots of headaches, migraines. I can't concentrate. I don't feel optimistic for a long period of time. I keep self-sabotaging relationships. Everybody is different. But what I need you to understand is that it's your decision on how you want to deal with this information. I would hope that you use this information to take that next step, either working with me or working with a therapist, going to see an EMDR specialist. I don't care where you go. Just do something. Okay. Well, I hope this podcast episode was helpful. If it was, please feel free to share this with somebody else. That way they can be blessed. They can get the information that they need. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.